You're listening to Things of Faith. Welcome to Things of Faith. Again, we get the opportunity to talk about the different doctrines, the different um, things that make up the Christian faith. And our goal is to make this um, accessible. The goal is to make this something that you can listen to with your family. The goal is to have a conversation where we can be together and just kind of introduce these topics. So when they're talked about, you're not like, wait, what? That's a that's a church topic? But you are understanding like the different things about that. And if you want to know more, there's a, of course, there's like so much to read. There's so much that you could dive into these holes. Um, but we want to just give you a, an introduction so that you feel confident in at least understanding the terms. And we have, again, Pastor Stoops on the line. Good to see you, Pastor Stoops. Oh, good to see you as well, Pastor Scott. Thank you for uh, meeting today so we can talk about these things. And um, we're going to talk today about the sacraments. The sacraments are in the Protestant church. There are two sacraments. There is baptism and there is the Lord's Supper or communion. And those are the two sacraments. And this was quite controversial, of course, um, during the Reformation. So back originally when Martin Luther and John Calvin and all the reformers were coming onto the scene, uh, there were seven sacraments with the Catholic Church. And the reformers looked at the sacraments and said, wow, that's a lot of like tradition has built up sacraments. And really, when I looked at the Catholic sacraments, um, I see them as as using like important age markers, like times when you get confirmed or you get married, and they would create that into a sacrament more than it would be like a rite of passage kind of thing. And so then the uh, the, the reformers came around and they said, nope, there are two sacraments. There is baptism and Lord's Supper. And the ways that they, the filter they use to get to those two are, and these are the three terms that we're going to spend some time with today. They are a means of grace, they are tied to a physical element, and they are instituted by Jesus. Is that a fair introduction to how we can kind of like give our filter to what made it seven down to two? Yeah, no, I think I think that that's, uh, you know, really a, a succinct way to put it. And then it just helps us to flesh out. Um, because sometimes you know people hear sacraments or the traditions of the church and they think about uh, the exorcist or mm. demon possession or th- that kind of thing and instead of realizing that the sacraments aren't uh, are, are really meant to be the ordinary stuff and the right. ordinary grace of the Christian life yeah that that's a great point and it's the it's the yeah the ordinary or I mean I think right before we um, went live or hit record or everyone to say, you were saying that these are the new family celebrations. These are the things mm-hmm. that a family does. And, and so to say more about that. Yeah, well, it's, again, this helps to tie this, like a discussion on sacraments just doesn't come out of left field, right? Because we've, we've been talking about um, God, about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We spent several weeks talking about the church, about this new family um, of brothers and sisters that God has brought together and has redeemed and saved through Jesus and is empowering, equipping, and gifting by the Holy Spirit. And... Um, I love to see the sacraments as an integral part of that family life, right? Because you could just have two people and you go like, yeah, we're brother and sister, but we never do anything together. We don't spend any time together. We have no life together. We have no connection with God. You know, like 
no, no, we're part of a family. And so, you know, this, the two sacraments, particularly of, of baptism and of communion, um, are, are, you know, key to the family, right? Like, how, how do you become part of a family? You're born. You're born, You're born yeah. into a family. Well, we uh, to become part of the family of God, we're reborn in baptism. Right. And then how do we sustain a family? Through food. And then how do we sustain the people of God uh, as the family of God? Yeah. With a family meal right. every single uh, week or right. every other week, whenever, whenever people do communion. Right. And so two very ordinary parts of, I mean, ordinary insofar as they have to happen, right? Like in order for you to become a son or a daughter, you have to be born. But it is, it's an extraordinary event, um, the birth of a child as well as a baptism and the family meal, ordinary, but yet you go lawn without meals and you're a different person, right? Like you are <laughs> you are not healthy. And I mean, yeah. in general, if you're not eating, you are in a much worse place than if you're well-fed and eat a healthy diet. And so these two things that are... are um, our key to our life together are also so ordinary. But I think, and, and you brought up a good point, when we hear this word sacrament, and very often when we watch them, or even like with the movies, I think, because they have like the Orthodox or the Roman Catholic things built around them when you see the movies, they feel so other, like so holy, because there's robes involved, and there's certain phrases said in certain ways, and, and there's certain um, oil, and there's a certain turn you do, especially, I'm thinking very much of like the Greek Orthodox Church, like it's so regimented, and they kneel, and they say this, and they turn, and they do that. And every piece has something that is important. And so we go, well, that's nothing like my family table, right? My family table is here's some hot dogs, here's some buns, throw some ketchup on it. And so we go, no, 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 this is this this other thing that happens. And I think that that's because there is an, an important thing going on. And we, we use the phrase, it's a means of grace. God promises to show up in these sacraments in a unique way and bring himself in a unique way, right? So he shows up in the waters of baptism to give us a new name, to tell us that we are children of God, that the old Adam has died and the new has come. Um, he shows up at the Lord's Supper to know that we are sustained by his presence, that we are given life by him. And so how exactly is he there? Well, <laughs> That's a whole bunch of debate, right? People love to debate yeah. how much of Jesus is in the meal, what percentage, is it spiritual, is it physical? But I think all Protestants would say he's there, well, not all, but he's there in a unique mm -hmm. kind of way, giving himself to us. And so the that move of the Orthodox Church then to really highlight that divinity, that sacredness of it is understandable, but I think puts a, a spin on it that makes it feel unlike what you just said. Well, unlike an ordinary family meal, unlike us just being together and needing this in order to have fellowship, to have community. Yeah. And so it's that like, um, yes, that's true. But ugh, doesn't that put it into a category where <laughs> yeah, it feels almost yeah. like unsustainable? Well, and that's kind of how I was thinking about it is like it, it should at least be like having a meal with your family, yeah. you know, provided you love your family and you guys get along and everything. Like right. it should you at don't, least be that, but, yeah, together but, it, pizza, yeah. but it should be more. It should, it should, there should still be more. Cause I think when it comes down to means of grace, I think one of the important things to remember is like, and you were, you were telegraphing it the whole way is that part of what makes the sacraments unique um, from other things is that it's something God does. Yes. Right. That God is the primary actor in both 
baptism and Good. in communion. Yep. And and that that's odd for us because we think, well, no, don't I do the sacrament and don't right. I, you know, I and then like I do something and God it. gives yep. me something. Yep. And instead it's like, no, 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 God, God gives first yeah. and you receive by faith. Right. Yeah, God is, and that is the biggest thing when I do baptismal counseling is the first movement is always God's. So God is moving towards us in the sacraments. And so it's not us going, hey, God, I think you're splendid. Let me be buddies with you. But it's God going, let me show you all I've done on the cross. Let me do all of these things to call you my child. And in those waters, I'm the primary, the first, the emphasis is on me, which which is a reason I, I do like when there's um, the sacramental part of it where they like put the host in your mouth or they like feeds you because in that way it goes, oh, I'm not even taking the bread and putting it in. Like God is taking all of this to give me himself. And there's something really beautiful about, I think, that movement because our move in whatever it is, is always to try to sneak in and go, well, but don't forget what I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't, don't forget the good things that I, I at least took the bread, God. You know, even for the popular conceptions and the popular you know, things we see on movies about the sacraments or the Orthodox or Catholic, like we obviously have deep respect for our brethren and, right. and think that, that uh, it's helpful how some of those rituals communicate beautiful things. Knowing that God is the primary actor of the means yes. of grace also means that we don't have to sit there and wonder, like, did God move? Like, did yeah. did God do something, or did I stop it? Like, what right. do I do? I need to be baptized again because it didn't take. Right. Do I need to? Do I take communion with the right heart and intention and right. faith? Right, like, right. Knowing that God is the primary actor, He's the one inviting you to the the waters. He's the one inviting you to the meal. Yeah, exactly. And He doesn't break His promises. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if it was based on my desire to be with Christ, well, that that's pretty good sometimes. Other times I'm like, I'm good, Jesus. <laughs> but he always desires. He's done the work and he makes that promise on my life so that I don't have to sit back and go, oh, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think it's very important that we make the emphasis of God being the first mover. And I know I know that there's um, disagreement here over different people. But to me, I that is one of the reasons, primary reasons, I absolutely love infant baptism is because it is so obvious that God is the first mover, right? It's like this little child who does nothing. And I, I, I always have this conversations with the mom and it like it, it always ends up with the same look. I'm like, I think your baby's very cute. I think your baby's beautiful and going to be wonderful. But right now your baby is a burden on the kingdom of God. Like... It is slowing you down. It's taking your time. It's taking your money, right? It's doing all of those kinds of things. But God still wants that. God still desires that. That's what's so amazing. Your baby is not feeding one homeless person. It's not evangelizing to anybody. It's not comforting the sick, praying for the poor. But God still desires that child because he loves his creation. And to me, it's like, what what better reminder of grace than this lump of pooping flesh God wants. And so, so then um, we tied it, we said it's tied to a physical 
marker. It's tied to something. It's not, God doesn't just look at his people and go, I love you, you're mine. But no, he, he ties it to water and oil. Water, um, Jesus baptized in the water, and then oil is that marking. And so um, I, I make a big deal when I do baptisms to say, okay, now the waters run off, and now we take oil, which stays on, and we mark with the sign of the cross. And so we are both washed and we're, we're killed, too, in baptism, right? There's an old Adam dying, a new birth. We're washed and then we're marked. And the physical nature of that is there's a couple of things. One thing is we are deeply physical people and never forget that. Like God, God made us with flesh and body, and that wasn't an accident, and that wasn't like a mistake. God loves his creation, and he loves the fact that you enjoy a good meal, and it tastes good. Having a beautiful day, you know, laying on the beach or going on a boat, having the sun hit your skin, jumping into a fresh lake and swimming, oh, like those feelings on your body, God did that, and he delights in that pleasure that you have. And so for him to tie to a physical thing, he knows we are physical people and physical things are important. Yeah. And, and because like, I always think about it of um, like, if I'm teaching like little kids about baptism or communion, uh, I'll just say like, how, how do, you know, your parents or how, how do friends, how, how do they show that they love you? Yeah. And, you know, immediately it's something physical comes out that they, yep. we, we give a yep. hug or they kiss me on my forehead or they like, or, or they, they help me with uh, my, my projects at school. Like there's some physical element to yep. it. And it's, and, and so I go, well, Hey, that's kind of what God has done to us. He's not just, he does, you know, send his word to us his word that creates life. But at the same time, he also is like, Hey, here's, here's a hug. Like, you know, here's a physical reminder right. of my grace. Right. And you just reminded me of a story that I had forgotten, but I loved. I was teaching communion to a bunch of fifth graders, and we had this this beautiful little guy, and he was just that like sweetness personified little boy. And I kind of was talking about this exact thing, right? Like the physical nature and what you were just mentioning, and giving gifts. And I said, you know, why do you think God, um, God gave us this in like with bread and with wine? And he had this phrase, he says, because you can't wrap up the words, I love you. Hmm. And I thought, oh, like, isn't that cool? Like, yeah. the, the I love you is in the gift. Now, what's more important is the love in the gift, but you can't, yeah, you can't wrap that up. You have to like go, I know you wanted, uh, you know, new shoes <laughs> here. I've been thinking about you. These are because I love you, right? Not... And I was like, oh, what a great little illustration, my little fifth grader. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, it, it, it also takes that, and, and we could do this especially as like, you know, being part of the kind of extended Western Christian family is we get up in our heads. Yes. And we have theological debates. We have Bible debates. And all that stuff is important. But And you and we, I love it. Oh, absolutely love it. Yeah. But sometimes we neglect like those heart, that like yeah. heart element of the physicality. Right. Uh, of, of water of bread and wine right and and it's important to not over theologize with these things and you know what does water do well water is very powerful it can kill and destroy um and so it can bring new life right water washes water also gives us life because if you don't drink for very long you die what does food do food gives us life again like if you don't go without a meal for 
number of days, you are a different human. Your mood's different. Your body should be different. Mm -hmm. Things are different. And so the fact that God ties his grace to those elements, don't overthink it and go, okay, Lord, thank you for, thank you for giving me new life in water. Thank you for washing me clean. Thank you for sustaining me by giving me your presence to feast on. Like you don't have to just always go and go, well, you know, what does it mean? And it, it, it is right there in front of you. And, you know, bread and wine that Jesus tied himself to in the Last Supper, and those would be, would be on any table in the Middle East all the time. Those would just be standards. I always think of it like, you know, chips and salsa at a Mexican restaurant. You show up, and there's chips and salsa on the table. You can guarantee it, right? And you just know that that's going to happen. And bread and wine were right there. So when Jesus says, this is my body, this is my blood, he's pointing to the two most common elements of their meal. Like, I'm here. I'm in these things. I'm with you. And so, yeah, let it be as real as those things that are there and and with the meaning that those things give to us. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe another another way to, to put it is like, um, allow yourself to have the faith to experience it without immediately getting into all the debates, right? And yeah. obviously that happens for, you know, that can even happen to us. So we're well-read on all the debates about, oh, what kind of bread should you use? Can you use grape juice or wine or how much water, how little water, right. super soakers or, dunk. Yeah, yeah. you know, Duncan, all of it. Um, and instead, like, it, I think you're right. Like, it's meant to be experienced, experienced in the context of family, in the context yeah. of church, right? Uh, of the church, the yep. the new family. But... Um, but it's primarily an experience. Right. Like, thank you, Lord, for for giving me yourself here and now. Right? I know. It's a beautiful, beautiful reminder. Okay. And so we mentioned the three things. We talked about the means of grace. Mm. We talked about God ties it to a physical element. And then the third one, and this this was really a great way to filter out a lot of the other sacraments. Jesus instituted it. Right. So uh, confirmation was a sacrament. Marriage was a sacrament. But Jesus never instituted those. He never spoke grace over those things in particular. But baptism and the Lord's Supper, he tells us to do it, uh, you know, very clearly in Matthew 28. I mean, can't be clearer than that. Go baptize. Um, Jesus was baptized by John and so institutes it there. And then in Three of the Gospels, and not the fourth. The fourth, John has foot washing, but that would be another conversation for another day. <laughs> I just need <laughs> it in somewhere. But that the three of the Gospels and the bread and the wine, Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. This is my body. This is my blood. So he institutes these practices. He doesn't just talk about them. He doesn't just um, teach on them, but he starts them. By being baptized and by starting the communion at the Last Supper. Yeah, and, and as you said, that that just it though there's obviously Old Testament precedent, like there's stuff that in the Old Testament leads up to these, um, they're they're new. And, and and that's what makes them different than just good things or even great things to do. Like right. we we'd argue whether whether you're called to be single or whether you're called to be married. That that's a great thing. It's a yep. great thing to confirm your faith yep. and and profess your yep. faith for Jesus. First communion, um, beautiful thing. Yeah, not a sacrament uh, though. Yeah, all 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 great things, and uh, and yet 
it's these that are attached to a promise. Yes. It's these that we can know this is where this is where God is. Yep. I, sometimes I think about it in terms of like the you know you look at that mall map of like well where the heck am I and yeah. you're like oh you are here and and that's right. kind of what the sacrament is like it's like okay here is where God is at work here is where God is um, showing His grace yep. showing His mercy showing His love and and that we can and we can believe that and we can trust that yeah you are here God is here so whatever happens in the worship service right. Oh, I don't like those songs. I the sermon was not for me today. I just I'm in a bad mood. That bread and wine shows up. God promises to be in that place. You are here. I'm you're here with me. And so coming to that table again is that great beautiful reminder and promise that Christ is there and he's there for you in a very unique way. And so you receive that meal. This is the body of Christ broken for you, Stoops, for you, listener, the bread of one, the blood of Christ shed for you. And so those are all the different things that we get to hear. And then baptism is the only time in the service that we stop and we just look at that person. For you, Michael. <laughs> right? Scott Frederick. Mm-hmm. And that's a wonderful reminder. And so um, we need to keep practicing them. We need to keep doing them over and over and over again. We need to be reminded of our of what God has done and experienced him in those, like you said, typical family things, being born and being fed. Amen. Any closing thoughts or do, do we wrap it up nicely? I, I, I think you did a, a great job. I think just seeing it in the context of family, yeah. knowing how Jesus uh, says, hey, this is my grace. It's my promise, my institution, and here's the that the uh, love wrapped up and sent to us. I know, it's beautiful. It's the best. I know I, I, that little that little moment. I'm glad you reminded me of that because it's a, such a beautiful little moment and so true, right? So, okay, friends, wherever you are, um, be with Jesus. Know He loves you. Know He's for you. Love you guys. Bye. God bless. You're listening to Things of Faith.